special welcome to you as well. So good to have you with us here at Eden Christian Centre Botany. My name is Adrian. I'm one of the pastors here. I originally got saved here um, at Botany when I was 18 uh, and then sort of uh, was on staff for a little bit and then got asked to go up north with Stephen Bex when they went up uh, to youth pastor. So me, me and my wife, Abby, were up there for six and a half years, uh, but I've been back down here at Botany for the last eight or nine months, which has been really, really good. Good to be back back here at home and great to be sharing with you. Uh, pastor Stephen Bex are on holiday. They're enjoying uh, much needed rest. So they've got the next two Sundays off. Um, but we're going to have a good time nonetheless. So great to be here uh, preaching this morning. I'm going to be sharing about your roots uh, and a message called Don't Forget Your Roots. What does it mean to be planted and how we get planted? I think it's so appropriate uh, for us at the start of the year uh, that we stay planted uh, where God has called us to be. So I want to pray and then we'll get into it. God, we just thank you. Uh, for this morning, God, we just thank you that if each person, God, is here, not by accident, but God, by your design. And I just thank you that, uh, God, you have us here. And I just pray that, God, that we would have open hearts to receive this morning. And God, I just thank you uh, for this word that you've placed on my heart. And I pray that it would be a word in season for many, God. And I just pray, that, God, that you would use me to speak and deliver it in the way that you would have, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Roots. I want to talk about roots. Uh, I really believe that this church is God's design, uh, that the church is God's plan. I believe that the church carries the hope of the world. I believe that the church is the answer to most and all of the world's problems. And, and I really believe that God wants to use us who are the church. The church is not a building, the church is people. God wants to use us to reach the world. And God wants to use us to make a difference in the world. Uh, and I believe that each of us have unique gifts and talents that we bring to the party. Uh, and I really believe that God wants to use us, and, uh, and, but we need to be planted. And uh, I wanna talk about what that means to be planted. I know that that's true because that's my story. Uh, I didn't know God, I didn't grow up a Christian or in church, but I came to know God here in this house when I was 18. A friend invited me along and I discovered God, I met God at our oxygen service, Pastor Siva and Bex, as I said, with the youth pastor at the time. Uh, and as I began to find community here and plant myself here, I began to discover giftings that I never knew I had. And uh, God caused me to flourish as I planted myself here. Uh, and I think sometimes we can look at the people who are up on stage uh, and think that they have something special or something different. But the reality is, is that we're all just ordinary people. Uh, but God has changed us, God has transformed us, and now God is using us to make a difference. And I know if God has used me and if God can change me, then he can change anybody, right? And uh, God wants to change you and use you as well. And I know that God is using many of you and all of you already. I love that the Bible describes the disciples even, who were the 12 people that were closest to Jesus and journeyed along with him as he spent his time here on earth. The Bible describes those people as, as unschooled and ordinary. And I don't know about you, but that gives me a lot of hope because I'm really ordinary as well. And if God could use them, then God could use me as well. Yeah? yeah? I don't know about you, but genetically, I wasn't really given the best pick of the bunch. I kind of feel like it was that pineapple lumps ad. I don't know if you've seen that pineapple lumps ad where New Zealand sleeps in and, you know, that's all they get is pineapple lumps. Everyone else gets like resources and, you know, like all that kind of stuff. I feel like maybe I stepped in and, you know, I was like, okay, cool, what's left? You know, well, you got, we've got ginger, we've got uh, bald, uh, we've got freckles, pale skin. Oh, yeah, just give me all. But give me all of them. You know, why not? You know, genetically, I wasn't really given the, oh, oh you, can, you can give me all. That's all right, you don't have to. I'm not really a natural sports person or anything like that. Like I, you know, I can, I can do some sports, 
cricket, maybe not so much. Uh, but everything else I'm sort of okay at. But I'm, I wasn't really the best sports person. I'm not really naturally a people's person. You know what I mean? I'm a little bit awkward, maybe a bit introverted. I think I'm introverted uh, and say dumb things a lot of the time. And uh, through school, I was never really part of the popular crowd. I was never really chosen for leadership opportunities and that kind of thing. Never, I, was, I was never a prefect. But you know, the good news is, is that God chooses to use average people like me. So if you're here and you're average like me, then good news for you, God will use you too. And I wanna speak about that t- today because I think some of the keys that I've discovered is that when you stay planted is when God begins to grow you and use you. And uh, God has wired us each uniquely. God has given us all gifts and talents. Some of us have one or two or three like me. Some of us like Chris on drums has like 20, but um, God hasn't gifted us all like that. Uh, but all of us are gifted. God has, God has wired us each uniquely. And if we were to discover the way that God has wired us, is that that's when we begin to come alive. We begin to make a difference in the world that God has placed us in, in the family that God's placed us in, in the environment, in the workplace, in the sports team, in the school. God wants you to use you to make a difference right where you are. And I wanna read for you a scripture from Psalm 92, um, verses 12 to 15. And I think it so uh, sums up God's heart for us as people and God's desire for us. It says this, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age and they will stay fresh and green. I guess a pretty cool picture. I think that's a pretty awesome picture and and there's so much depth in the imagery that God uses there. He uses two trees, but if we begin to understand what these trees were and what these trees look like and what they represent, I think we begin to get a real picture of God's heart for us. So the, the word flourish is a great word and it means to grow well or luxuriantly. It means to thrive. It means to do or fare well. It means to prosper. And my favorite, it says it means to be in a period of highest productivity, excellence or influence. I don't know about you, but I wanna be in my period of highest influence, of, of highest productivity uh, and highest uh, inf- and excellence as well. And the, the, the Bible describes us using two trees, uh, the cedar and the palm. Um, most commonly, uh, the palm refers to the date palm in, in ancient biblical times, which was one of the staple diets or formed a staple part of the diet at the time, and so it was really essential. Both of these trees are evergreen, meaning they never lose their leaves through winter um, and, and autumn, uh, and they're green all year round. Uh, both trees are tall in stature, growing up to 40 meters high, which is a pretty big tree. Now, cedar wood, uh, which is the other tree, uh, is, was widely used for, for boat building, for ships, for houses, for palaces, temples, including the temple in Jerusalem, as well as Solomon's palace. And cedar is also a fragrant wood, and the wood would often be used as a focal point in the, in the middle of large landscapes. And I think that's pretty cool. I think that so fittingly describes how God wants to use us, for us to be essential in the world, for us to be fragrant, for us to uh, be a staple uh, and necessary and needed to, to be on display for God's glory, tall in stature and tall in influence. I, I believe that's God's heart for us. I believe that's God's heart for us as His church, as people, is that that would be what our lives look like. But I believe also that the key lies here in the middle. It lies in the middle of the passage. It talks of us being planted. You see, flourishing is a byproduct of being planted. 
We can't flourish unless we are planted where? In God's house, the church. And as we stay planted, we begin to stay fruitful and, and we begin to bear fruit that God has for us. And so this morning, I wanna share a few thoughts on what it looks like to be planted. What does it look like to be planted? And I believe that the first thing about being planted, being planted means be getting connected. Being planted means getting connected. John 15 verse five says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus here speaking, he says he is the vine, we are the branches. As we abide in him, as we stay connected to him is when we begin to bear fruit. You see, our fruitfulness comes as a result of being connected to God. Our fruitfulness comes as a result of being connected to God. When we, when we remain in connection to Him is when we begin to flourish. And remaining connected to Jesus means remaining connected to His church. Remaining connected to Jesus means remaining connected to His church. The Bible describes the church as His body and it describes Jesus as the head. I don't know about you, but uh, I don't see a lot of people walking around without heads, <laughs> Chickens can, but I don't know how that works. Um, you know, we have to be connected to the head. The head and the body needs to be connected. I'm not the body, we are the body. We all together form the body of Christ and Jesus is the only one who's the head and so we need both and. We can't have the one without the other. You see, sometimes we, we want the church without Jesus. We love the community, we love the people, we love the atmosphere, we love the lights, we love the preaching and, the, and maybe not the preaching today, but we, you know, we love the worship, but we don't want Jesus. We don't want him to bring conviction into our life. We don't want church to change the way we live. We don't want church to change the things that we really like. We want the body, we want the church and the community, but we don't want Jesus to change the way we live. Or sometimes we want it the other way around. Sometimes we love Jesus and Jesus is awesome, but we don't really like the people. <laughs> you know, like if we could have church and Jesus without people, like that would be great. But the reality is, is no church is perfect. We always, you know, we'll get offended, we'll get hurt, something will happen. Church is made up of people and people aren't perfect. If you find a perfect church, maybe you shouldn't join because you might ruin it, you know, like I would ruin it. <laughs> and so we can't have the one without the other. We need Jesus, but we also need the people. It says the I don't know where that came from. Something just came in my mouth. <laughs> that was weird. We can't have one without the other. It says that the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord with all your, all your heart and the second is to love people, right? We have to do both. We can't have the one without the other. We can't have the head without the body. And so it's so important for us to remain connected. Jesus loved his church. Jesus died for the people and so we can't reject the people that Jesus died for. Just recently, uh, over the summer, we decided to go to the Cathedral Cove. Well, oh, it's a beautiful place to go, the Coromandel, you know, summer, it's great. And me and Abby had uh, both been there about a little while ago. We'd been there long enough ago to forget how long the walk was. Some of you have been there recently know what I'm talking about. Surely it's not 45 minutes, right? It says 45, but you know, like they say it's 45, but is it really? Yeah, it was 45. We decided to go with our uh, three young kids, six, three, and like nine months old. And so, we, you know, we got everyone in the, like, you're like, oh, already, <laughs> you know where this is going. 
And uh, so, you know, got everyone in the car, you know, we made sure we got everything. And uh, we, we got there only to discover that you can't actually um, park at the top car park in summer, okay? That was all right. So I dropped the, I dropped the squad off and I went and I parked and I got the shuttle up. And, but as we were getting up the car, uh, I realized, or we realized that uh, somehow between my wife and I, we'd forgot our three-year-old shoes. Someone in the service before thought I said that we forgot our three-year-old. I didn't think of that, but that would have made it easier. Um, <laughs> So we forgot the shoes, and uh, I thought she grabbed them, she thought I grabbed them, but anyway, so what it meant was that one of us had to carry her, being me, all the way for the 45 minutes, besides for short little intervals with those grass where I can make her walk, not burn her feet. Uh, and so obviously we also needed a chili bin with water and food and fruit and all that kind of, you know, essential for when you get down there. Also decided to bring my camera, which is rather large, uh, in my bag, that was quite heavy. Uh, and so there I was, Three-year-old in one hand, chili bin in the other hand, backpack on the back, oh, and beach shelter. You have to have a beach shelter. Sunny people had that on the other shoulder. And it wasn't long before I realized I'd made a mistake. <laughs> that chili bin was getting very heavy, and so was my three-year-old. Uh, but don't worry, we made it down. We made it down okay, and like it was, it was amazing. Once we got down there, the water was warm. It was a great beach. We enjoyed it. You know, like, it was awesome. And you sort of stay long enough to forget the walk on the way down, you forget, you forget the pain and then you realize that you then have to trek back up and actually back up is probably worse than coming down because you've got all the stairs and everything. And so we were, we were nearly dying, um, <laughs> to put it lightly. And, uh, but luckily, we, this, this wonderful Canadian family came up alongside us and said, hey, could we help with anything? You know, can, we, can we help you carry? They obviously looked like I was struggling. Uh, and, and so at first I was like, nah, I'm, I'm good, I'm fine. And then I was like, no, actually, yes, that would be great. Like, that would be awesome. And so they took the chili bin, they took the, the, the beach shelter, and all I had to carry was my backpack and my three-year-old. And suddenly, like, it was amazing. They, we, we had a little bit of conversation. They were carrying some things. And it was amazing the difference it made, just losing a little bit of weight and then and having people have a conversation. That little bit of the journey, like, went like it was no time at all. And it, it was amazing. And it, it sort of made me think. It made me think that that's really similar to what small groups are like. Because, you know, so often when we're doing life alone and we're trying to carry all the weight of life on our own, life can feel really heavy. But sometimes when we have some people that will come up next to us, come up beside us, do life with us, carry a bit of weight, have a conversation and be able to talk to, actually life becomes really light and the journey suddenly becomes really easy. And I think that's why it's so important for us to be connected is that when we have some people that we're doing life with, that we're journeying with, that we can share the load with, actually the journey of life feels a lot lighter. And so I wanna encourage you, if you've been in the church for a while but you've never taken that step to get connected, man, it's so important to do that. It's really easy in a church this size to come in and to come out and never really get connected. And if you're not yet connected, I wanna encourage you to fill out that little orange connect card, tick small groups, and we'd love to get you connected in a small group because man, life is not meant to be done alone. You know, we're the body. Christ is the head, but we're the body. We're the body together. Not one person. We are the body. And so the body needs to be connected so it can support um, each other and, and do life together. And man, life becomes so much better when you're doing it in community. We survived. It's okay. We're here. It was a good walk. <laughs> Number two, being planted means staying committed. Being planted means staying committed. I think, you know, with today's modern world, there's just like endless opportunities, there's endless options, and it seems like commitment nowadays can be something that's really hard to find. 
I think sometimes people fear if they choose this option, what if another option that's better comes along? And so people often don't wanna commit to something because maybe another option will come and it'll be better. But I think the reality is, is often people miss out on what they're searching for because they haven't committed in the first place. And so commitment is something that's so essential. I think often we think that results will come or, or, or success will come from a random opportunity that appears, but I think more often than not, success comes from consistency. Success comes from time and consistency as we stay planted where God's called us to be. And so commitment is so important. People often miss what they're seeking for because they haven't committed in the first place. You know, I think the same reason that plants grow, plants grow because their roots are deep. Plants grow because they're in the right soil, because they have nutrients, because they have water, because they have sunshine. And it's so important for us as well to keep our roots deep. Imagine a plant decided like, oh, I was gonna, oh, I don't really like the soil today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go that soil. And then like, oh, you know, like next week, I'm gonna go that soil. Like it's not gonna grow. When you, when you uproot a plant, it takes time again for it to reestablish its roots. And I think it's the same with us. As we keep uprooting and uprooting, it becomes harder and harder and take longer for us to really establish ourselves. And so it's so important for us to stay committed, to stay connected, to stay planted where God has called us to be. You know, there's many times that I've wanted to quit. There's times where I've become offended. You can't work with Pastor Steve and not be offended. Um, There's times where it's become hard, it's been tough, where I feel like it was more than I could handle, where I've felt burnt out. But the reality is, is I've chosen to stay planted. It was always a choice. It was a choice for me to stay committed. It was a choice for me to stay planted. And I know that through those times where it's been really hard, where it's been really tough, actually that's where I've grown the most because I've stayed planted and stayed consistent and kept going. And those times and those valley seasons where we've been through really rough things is actually where you you find that you grow the most and you develop the most. And as you stay connected and you stay committed, God is able to work in you and change some things in you and do some things in you to make you more like himself. And I really wanna encourage you, if, if you don't have that feeling, if you don't have that, oh, I know that I'm called here, I know what I'm supposed to do, now, we've got a course that we've been hammering on about for the last year called Growth Track. And it's not gonna give you all the answers, but I tell you what it will do. It will definitely start you on the journey to discovering how God's wired you. We do a, a personality test and a gifting test, and, and that's really designed to help you discover where, where, you, where your best fit is, what you're passionate about. And uh, I encourage you, if you don't know, uh, what that is, I encourage you to come along to Growth Track. We've got a new course starting next month. You can, again, just fill out a Connect card and we'll help you on that journey. It's so important to discover the way that God's wired you because as you do that, as you discover, you know what you need to be committed to and you know uh, that God will begin to work in you and develop you and transform you. And the third thing I believe uh, is that being planted means contributing. Being planted means contributing. I really believe that we're all designed to bear fruit. We're all created to make a difference. We, and you'll never really experience the fulfillment of making that difference till you discover the way that God's wired you. In fact, Abraham Maslow, uh, a psychologist in his hierarchy of human needs, listed self-actualization or the need to achieve your full potential as the top of the pyramid. He had like a pyramid of human needs and down the bottom were things like food and clothing and shelter and things like that. And right at the top was the need to find uh, your, your full potential. 
And I really believe that you can only discover your full potential as you discover the way that God's wired you, what you were designed to do. You know, we find fulfillment actually by serving others. I really believed, and I guess I thought when I was younger that uh, fulfillment came when, when, you, when you could like just do everything that you wanted to do, when you could uh, find a fulfillment within yourself or that you could uh, like have your own needs met. But what I discovered is that actually finding fulfillment comes from serving others. Actually finding fulfillment comes from making a difference in other people's worlds. And I never knew that till I was 18 and I, I got invited here and I came along to our oxygen program and I began to get involved in any way that I could, whether it be moving chairs or picking gum out of the carpet or something glorious like that. Uh, and I began to see young people's lives changed. We, we created an environment every Friday night where people could encounter God and week after week we'd see young people impacted and, and lives turned around and changed and and. It's such an amazing thing to be part of something that's bigger than yourself and see young people's lives change. And I discovered that it was something that I was passionate about, that I wanted to work with people, that I wanted to see lives change as my life was changed as well. And as I began to do that and as I stayed committed, I got given little opportunities to share my testimony and to lead and different things that I hadn't done before. And I discovered that I, I had a gift there and it began to grow as I stayed planted and God began to bring increase both in the opportunities and my gifting, and, 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 and I, I discovered that it was something that I was really passionate about. But if I hadn't got connected, if I hadn't started contributing, I would have never discovered that. And so it's so important for us to begin to contribute with what we have. I remember it was like, it was, I just sowed everything. I sowed my finance, I sowed my time, I sowed my giftings, and the little that I had, I brought, and I started contributing with that, and, and God began to bring increase, not only in, in my personal life, but in, in the life around me. And I believe uh, what God is doing in this place, because my, my story is, is a testimony of that. My life is a result of this house, of people that have sowed in this house and created a place where I could, at 18, come to know God. And I believe, and I'm completely invested in, in this house because I know that it's changed my life and I've seen it change so many others as well. And I really believe that as I plant myself here and stay connected, that I'm gonna keep developing, that God's gonna keep causing me to flourish. And I know that I have flourished. My life is completely different because of what God's done in me and me by being planted here. And maybe it's time at the start of 2019 to ask yourself the same question. Am I planted? Am I planted? What are my roots? Where, where have I put my roots? Maybe you've been here for a while, but you've never got connected. As I said, it's easy in a big church like this to come in and out and, and never really be connected, never really have people around you that you're doing life with. If you haven't yet taken a, taken a moment or taken some time or chosen or made a decision to get connected, I think maybe it's time to do that. Because I know that as you do life with people, the journey of life becomes a lot lighter. Maybe you've been here and you're connected, but you've never really committed. You've never really planted your roots. Maybe it's time to, to get committed. Maybe it's time to discover your giftings through growth track. Maybe it's time to, to start giving. Maybe it's time to start attending regularly and make it a decision that this is what you and your family do. Or maybe you've never started contributing. Maybe you've never joined the dream team and began to serve with your gifts. Maybe you, you know what your gifts are, but you've sort of been sitting on the sideline. Maybe it's time to get back in the game again 
to start contributing. And I know that as you do, God will cause your life to flourish. Not only your personal life, but, but your, your, your wider life will start to flourish as well. I know that a river that stays flowing is a river that stays healthy. You know, when a river begins to get blocked up, all kind of things start to go wrong. But as a river is flowing, a river stays healthy. And it's like our life, if, if we keep our river flowing, if we keep sowing, if we keep giving, if we keep causing uh, things to flow through us, if we, if we allow God's goodness to flow through us, then he'll keep it coming, right? Our life is like that river, and so it's so important to keep that flowing. Again, Psalm 92, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age and they will stay fresh and green. That's my prayer for you this morning, that you would begin to flourish as you choose to plant yourself in this house. That even into old age, you will stay fresh and green, that you will still produce fruit. And I don't know about you, but that's, that's my dream for my life as well. That even into my old age, that I still be serving God, still be seeing people's lives stage change, still be bearing fruit even in my old age as I stay planted where God's called me to be. And maybe you're here this morning and you've never started at step one and got connected with God. Maybe you're here this morning and, you, and you're far from him. Maybe you once knew God, you once walked with him, but you sort of drifted away or walked away. Or maybe you're here and you've never actually started a relationship with God. You know, the Bible says that we've all messed up. We're all made mistakes. None of us are perfect. But the good news is that God had a plan. He sent His one and only Son, Jesus, to live a life as, as a man on earth, a perfect, sinless life. Yet He died a criminal's death on a cross to be the sacrifice and the payment for our sins, for your sins and for mine. And the good news is if we choose to accept that, if we choose to receive that free gift, it says that the gift of salvation is a free gift for any of us. As we choose to receive that, as we choose to give our lives over to Jesus, make Him our Lord and our Savior, it says that we are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come, our sins are forgiven, we're given a fresh start, a clean slate. And that forgiveness makes it possible for us to have a relation with God again. And so if you're here this morning, I wanna invite you uh, to pray a simple prayer in your heart alongside me. This is just a, a, a starting a conversation for you to come to know God. So I'm gonna just ask that everyone would just close their eyes and bow their head and I'm gonna pray a simple prayer. And if that's you this morning, why don't you pray that along with me? God, I thank you. And then even though I've sinned and made mistakes, you died in my place. This morning, I thank you for your sacrifice. I ask you to come into my life and make me new. I choose today to follow you. I choose to make you the Lord of my life. Would you come in and make me new? And if that's you this morning, you prayed that prayer, I wanna ask you to take one more little faith step. Right where you are, as everyone's got their eyes closed, just to pop up your hand as high as you can so that I can see it and just acknowledge that and celebrate that with you. Awesome, I see that hand. Is anybody else this morning saying, yeah, I wanna, I prayed that prayer this morning? Awesome, anybody else? God, I just thank you for those people, God, that have made that decision to follow you. I just thank you that they've taken a first step, God, that today, God, their life is new. 
I just pray your blessing on them, your hand on them, God. Would you lead them and guide them, God, and protect them as they journey with you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Hey, church, can we celebrate those people that made the decision this morning? Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Adrian, for that great word this morning. Hey, church, if you made that decision this morning to follow Jesus, or maybe you decided to recommit your life to Jesus this morning, I wanna encourage you, on your seat, you have a connect form, and on the back of that, you can tick that you have decided to follow Jesus or recommit your life. I encourage you to do that, and you can place it in the giving buckets as they come around shortly. Or maybe in Adrian's message, you heard about Growth Track or Small Group, and you'd like to join one of those. We can't encourage you enough. You can also do that by ticking a box and filling out your details on the back of the Connect form. Well, I wanna let you know about some things happening in the life of the church. Coming up on the 25th of January at Spark Arena, we have Open Heaven Night. This is a prayer night where we combine with the wider Christian community and pray for 2019. So why don't you come along and join us in a night of prayer. We'd love to have you there. Also coming up tonight, our five o'clock service is back. We can't wait to have you at that. Pastor Adam is gonna be preaching, so we'd love to have you come along. Why don't you bring out your kids? We've got kids programs running and we'll see you tonight at that. Well, as we come round our time of 